Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. As far as the outcome of the midterms impacting it, he could just as easily decide he's proved all he needs to prove and he can call it a day if he wants to. So that's a writer from the New York Times on one of the shows yesterday. I mean, that's not normal speculation about a president. That, you know, they might just quit. <laughs> Nobody has ever said that in my life. Proved what he needed to prove. It's not the way it usually works. The Democrats won the Senate. It is decided yet, even without Georgia. If they win Georgia, they'll have one extra senator, but uh, they're going to uh, control the Senate. So there you go. Yeah, the worst case scenario for the Democrats is 50-50 with uh, Kamala breaking the tie. Which was enough to spend like $8 trillion before, so... Um, the house is still up in the air, although Joe Biden said in the press conference today, he's, uh, talking with the Chinese leader. Uh, he was asked about the house. He said, I don't think we're going to win the house. So his math is Republicans hold on to the house, but it's going to be like by three or four mm-hmm. and which will be, I think the smallest majority ever. No Senator lost their seat. Uh, wow. Which has never happened before, I think they said it never happened, or in 150 years or something like that. Um, you have to go back to 1913 that no out-of-power party state legislature lost. No Democrat state legislature lost. That has never happened since 1913. It's a red wave. 
Well, yeah, and the only uh, Senate party flip was Republican to Democrat. Yeah. In S- Pennsylvania. So that's uh, that's something. But, you know, you have to admit that a Democratic candidate in Pennsylvania, pretty impressive. Jobless, bum, <laughs> stroke victim. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. We have plenty more time to talk about the who's going to be Speaker of the House. But you have to get the majority of the Senate. And if you, and you, so you have a half a dozen Republicans. There are like eight Republicans on the record saying they don't want Kevin McCarthy to be the Speaker. That's enough to keep him from being the Speaker when it's as close right. as it's going to be. Well, and functionally speaking, going forward in the House, you know, if they want to pass uh, or, you know, refuse to go along with the Senate on something or just that the House wants to assert its will. If you've got four rogue Republicans saying, uh, yeah, you don't have my vote until I get a bridge to nowhere or you put me on this committee or just whatever the ask might be, four could be enough that you are hung up until you grant their wishes. So every individual congressperson in McCarthy's caucus is going to have enormous power to uh, to screw with him, so, essentially. So he'll have a handful of Joe Manchin, Kristen Cinemas, but yeah. in the House. Yeah, Interesting. It, but it might be like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and company. Yeah. Good luck with that, Kevin. Uh, one more thing before I get to the main thing I'm going to do here. How a mysterious Chinese screenshot spurred a half-trillion-dollar stock rally. Did you hear the story? It's an unverified post that claimed top officials are mulling reopening and doing away with the zero-COVID policy. That was enough for a half-trillion-dollar swing in the markets because everybody, oh, my God, China's opening back up. It's the second biggest market, uh, biggest economy in the world, blah, blah, blah. And people went crazy. Yet nobody's sure who wrote the post, when it was written, or even if it's true. But a screenshot of four paragraphs detailing a China reopening plan was enough for traders to scoop up stocks for two days. Wow. So if you heard that story, it's not known if it's true or where it came from at this point. Man, you talk about the ability for a very small number of people, maybe one, to manipulate things in the modern world. That is something. Yeah, you know, I was thinking the same thing, and it's not like I'm, I'm, you know, paving unpaved ground here or anything, but the ability to instantly communicate an idea to the entire world or the people of the United States, we were talking about the ugly, ugly politics and whether there's any chance it'll recede somewhat, but the ability to immediately communicate that idea to vast numbers of people, then immediately take money from them Mm. if you can get them to respond, they're both unprecedented. Oh, of course. Of course. So, yeah, who, I mean, even a doofus like me with, you know, we've got a nice little following and it could easily go viral. I write some post Chinese Ministry of Health announces complete opening of Zhengzhou province or something like that. If that goes viral, yeah, that could cause the markets to skyrocket. That's probably not good. No. Different story from the Wall Street Journal I saw over the weekend. I thought it was interesting. Labor mystery. Where are the older Gen Z workers? More than half a million fewer workers in their early 20s working or seeking a new job versus before the pandemic. Economists want to know why. That's the older Gen Zers. Uh, The exodus from the labor force in the pandemic's early months is mostly reversed. People have gone back to work, but one group remains oddly absent. People in their early 20s. 
People over the age of 15, the labor force participation rate and the share of people employed or actively seeking a job dropped enough of a percentage to add up to more than a half a million fewer workers that they don't know why they aren't working. They're all stoned on their ecstasy watching the TikToks. Well, that's probably fairly accurate. I don't know about stoned on ecstasy, but they're watching their TikToks and they ain't working. What do you eat? How do you how do you buy what you eat? Uh, I think uh, I think we all can assume that pretty clearly. Surely that pandemic money's run out by now. Mom and dad for a lot of it, isn't it? It's got to be. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, mom and dad. Uh, so that's a shortfall of about a half million workers in their early 20s compared to the current size of the workforce with the pre-pandemic. Of course, mom and dad are stoned on their cabernet watching their only murders in the building. I'm just going to tear apart every generation. Well, how about this? this? If I can can work my way around, yes. The other big number is slightly different. This one's a little easier to to, to describe and justify. The younger crowd, I think, is just they're living off mom and dad. And uh, I think mom and dad helped them when the pandemic hit and then just (laughs) haven't cut the cord. I don't know. Participation for people over 55 remains well below pre-pandemic levels, but that's due to many of them taking early retirement either by choice or because of difficulty in finding suitable work late in their careers. You just, you came back, you wanted to come back and like people don't want you anymore. Yeah, I actually had a conversation with a fellow about that yesterday. He was in banking his whole life, had a fabulous career, really successful uh, he said, uh, and he's in his 60s now, he said the idea of being a 60-plus white male and getting hired is, forget it, it's fantasy land. That's They're rough. looking to to balance out their, their whole roster of people. And forget rough. it, you can't get in the door. I remember James Carville saying this one time years ago. I remember him saying it in a different uh, uh, economic darn town. He said, a 55-year-old man may never work again. And I thought, ouch. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Uh, those reasons, of course, don't apply to people in their early 20s who are usually just starting out their careers, so why are they not working? The, the, the 55-year-old can't get hired, but the early 20-something could. They just don't want to. The, another number in this same story, though, is about 1.5 million fewer students were enrolled in college this fall compared before the pandemic. A wow. million and a half less. Are they all Instagram influencers now? <laughs> I don't know. College enrollment had been declining in a decade, for a decade, in part because of concerns about the student debt and the rise of alternative credentials and whether you get anything out of it. I, I got to well, believe yeah, that's that last part, of it. part. Yeah, yeah. But one I'm point, going into a hundred grand worth of debt for what now? One point five million fewer college students enrolled this fall than pre-pandemic. I think that's probably a good thing. Uh yeah. It's in, yeah. I suppose so. Yeah. I think a lot of people have wasted a tremendous time and amount of time and money getting a college degree that won't do them any good. I got to believe that 1.5 million is mostly people that weren't like super hardcore on a particular track. Like you weren't on the I'm going to be a biologist track or you would have gone mm-hmm. to college. You were on the I'm right. going to go to college just because that's what people do track, which is probably not a good idea. Just for the hell of it. Anyway, or I don't taking know. your grievance studies classes. Your mileage may vary, but those those are some shocking numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if. Uh, well, I don't know. Those are shocking numbers. 
How about the half million young people who just ain't working or looking for work? It's got to be at least partly because of the cultural norm, especially among the young, that your job should, A, make your heart sing, and B, (laughs) your employer's values must align with your own. What the hell? Both of those are just, oh my God. Both of those are so crazy to the world I grew up in. Right, yeah. (laughs) The idea of this job, my first radio job, where the main concern seemed to be, uh, was I going to clean the toilet on a regular basis? Because they'd like to show up in the morning because I took the night job. They'd like to show up in the morning to a clean bathroom. Yeah. So they showed yeah. me how to clean the toilet. That did not make my heart sing. It's a sick enough. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing made yeah. my heart sing about cleaning the one toilet at this radio station for 25 employees at the end of the day. Right. But wow, that's what that's I did. That's a lot of employees. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, and it was unenjoyable. And I'd put so on my... So much excrement. I would it put on... It was so bizarre and, and so grotesque. It was. Yes. And yes. Uh, I'd put on my rubber gloves and get my mop and the, the various Clorox products, and I would do it every night. That didn't make my heart sing. Yeah, speaking of things that don't make your heart sing, coming off as a bitter and superior old man is not, I do it in, in jest sometimes, but I prefer not to be that guy. Uh, but if your entire culture is telling you that unless your supervisor is the Easter Bunny and he's training you to groom unicorns, then you're somehow being exploited by evildoers. I mean, if you actually take that to heart and believe that, the whole employment thing is going to be really, really difficult. Yeah. True that. I, I think the kindest thing you can do for somebody getting into the workforce or life or a particular career field is be honest with them about how difficult it's going to be, how, what some of the difficulties are going to be. And I just think, I think we have a culture of, of fantasy going on. Absolutely. And the other end of it, we got to take a break. But um, the story wasn't accompanied by, and we lost 20,000 young people to starvation last month. And they're all living out in the elements. No, they aren't starving or living in the elements. Somebody's supporting them. I'm guessing it's mostly mom and dad. So that's part of a cultural thing, too. Well, speaking of culture and jobs and that sort of thing, the first lady of a developed democracy, you've heard of it, has said, yeah, not only do I not want to be the first lady, but I think the whole idea is stupid. (laughs) This is sure to be one of Jack's new heroes. Yes, exactly. I love that. Finally, what I've been saying for years and other stuff on the way. Trump says Carrie Lake's election win is being stolen from her. Maybe we can uh, look into that more later. Oh, my. That's a shame. You know, uh, I don't know about that, but we did get this note from uh, one of our beloved listeners in Nevada uh, talking about their experiences and their friends that uh, they're supposed to like be able to check on the website when their vote is counted. And there are lots and lots of votes still not counted. Why? It's It's a week. I don't know. You can't count all the votes for a week? I'm telling you, it's bad. So, uh, <clears throat> I'll just read you the lead of this. It's pretty well written. Irina Karamanos could have taken the car to work, 
But it was springtime in Santiago, Chile, and the anthropologist and political organizer wanted to take a walk. Wearing a backpack and chunky white, blue, and neon green sneakers, she blended in with the other 30-somethings commuting to their jobs. But when she arrived at a stoplight, a pedestrian paused and registered the familiar face of one of the most prominent women in the country, the first lady who didn't want to be first lady anymore. She is the partner of... Put a ring on that thing. Uh, she's the partner of the uh, the new head guy in Chile. And I say Chile instead of Chile because I'm better than you. All right. Anyway. Do you eat at Chile's? Or? <laughs> Touche, Chile. <clears throat> uh, let's see. It's been three weeks since she announced she would be stepping down from the role of first lady, a job she didn't seek and a job she doesn't believe sh- should exist. <clears throat> which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. She had resisted the title from the moment the then 35-year-old uh, Gabriel Boric was elected. Sworn in March, he was the youngest leader in Latin America, one of several leftists now taking power across the region. I remember when he got elected. Um, she was the feminist activist who helped him win. She initially agreed reluctantly to serve as first lady in the hopes that she could transform the role, but the decision angered many supporters and so she's worked quietly to overhaul the role, but then says, I just don't want to do it. I wish that would happen in the United States. It never will. But somebody would say and it could be the first dude, too, uh, when Kamala Harris is president ah! um, that says, look, I, I'm, I'm not going to have I don't have an agenda. I don't have a cause. I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to have a staff. Nobody elected me. So I'll kind of do my own private thing still. But uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks anyway. In the months since, she has worked to quietly overhaul the role. She planned to move the responsibilities, mostly running six foundations, overseeing programs such as a children's daycare network, a science museum, and a women's development organization to the ministry she believed could better lead them and eventually shut the office down. Uh, she wants to reshape what it would mean to be the partner of a president, not only in Chile, but around the world. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, where's the rest of it? Uh, essentially, she says, look, I got a life. I have things I want to do. I have things I don't want to do. Just because the old man got elected president of Chile doesn't mean I got to do all this stuff. And she's right. Now, the concept of the first lady is an American one, dating back to Dolly Madison, the wife of the fourth president who furnished the White House and hosted social affairs for politicians of both parties. Eleanor Roosevelt and Jacqueline Kennedy advanced the role in the public imagination, fostering the expectation that first ladies would accompany the president and champion non-controversial causes. All right. Yeah. All right. What a weird. Not everything has to be just because it's been that way before. Elon Musk says you don't want to be him. Talks about his average work week and workload and what it is like to be him. I absolutely do not want to be him. Um, well, I couldn't because if I had 10 kids, I would be uh, unimaginably busy trying to be their father. And I don't think he is. Which is no, one. He's unencumbered by such concerns. Uh, he has to be. There's no way he's working this much and, and being a father to those 10 kids. There's just no way. But I'm sure he's hired some very good people to uh, to stand in. Um, but anyway, I'll get to that at some point. It's kind of interesting. And other developments that have happened. Biden met with President Xi for the first time. And what did they say? Did it mean anything or not? If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And let me meet, uh, I, I, I just met in person with Xi Jinping of the People's Republic of China. We had, <coughs> excuse me, we had an open and candid conversation about our intentions and our priorities. It was clear, he was clear and I was clear, that we'll defend American interests and values, promote universal human rights, and stand up for the international order and work in lockstep with our allies and partners. We're going to compete vigorously 
But I'm not looking for conflict. I'm looking to manage this competition responsibly. Yeah, you know, I'm not knocking Biden for saying that because what else are you going to say? But G doesn't give a crap that you care about human rights or that you don't want conflict. No. He'll he'll uh, engage in conflict or not, whatever benefits them at the time. And and if a million Chinese soldiers died in that conflict, he wouldn't care about that either. Yeah, I'm reminded of a couple of gunfighters passing each other on the street in an old Western, eyeballing each other, their hands twitching close to their guns. But they keep walking today past each other. You know, that's the way it is. Yeah, but we're not uh, we're not buddies. We're not going to pretend to be buddies. Is that the way it is? I hope you're right. Or is it Joe Biden actually believes the words senators say matter in influencing these sorts of things? Oh, wow. I hope not. I suppose that's possible. Yeah, I hope not either. I remember Barack Obama till the bitter end believed that he could move continents with his eloquence. Right. Uh, didn't mention this. Probably should. Oh, are mention- you going to mention the, uh, the 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 nuclear thing, the Xi Jinping uh, nuclear we, we thing? We can or? mention that. That's probably a good I, idea. Yeah, I thought. Can we play that? Okay, let's go with yeah. uh, thirty-seven. We discussed Russia's aggression against Ukraine. Reaffirmed our shared belief in the threat, where the use of nuclear weapons is totally unacceptable. And I ask that Secretary Blinken travel to China to follow up on our discussions and continue keeping the lines of communication open between our two countries. Yeah, so uh, two things. One, I guess our communication has been the lowest maybe ever since, like, going back to Nixon between China and the United States. So maybe that'll get better. And then Mm -hmm. China agreeing with us that no nukes in the whole Ukraine-Russia thing is a big deal, I think. Yeah, and I've taken plenty of shots at Biden. This is not a shot. He's doing what every president would would do. But the idea that Xi Jinping needs or wants to hear that we agree with him to discourage the use of nuclear weapons or even cares what the U.S. thinks, he doesn't. He's pursuing Chinese uh, national interest, purely. He doesn't want nukes because it would screw up the world economy so badly that it would cost China dearly. He's not influenced that old man Biden thinks the same. But again, it's not Biden's fault. So I haven't mentioned this, and uh, maybe we shouldn't, but there was a Uh-oh. shooting, uh, another one of your shootings. Guy went on to the University of Virginia campus, killed three football Correct. players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Killed three football players. He's been apprehended. The only reason I bring this up is I uh, just the story had broken before we went on the air, and I saw even on Fox. So they're sitting on the couch, and one of them says, and what was the motive? You know, we'll have to wait and see what the motive was. And I thought, I'll tell you what the motive was. He's a crazy, angry lunatic. All right? That's the motive. And yeah, you, he thought people should die for his grievances. That's his motive. And you saying, I wonder what the motive was, and then repeating whatever the guy claims his motive was, is going to create more of these, not less. How does everybody not get that? That makes me so angry. The one thing that I think we actually could do to curb this violence would be to stop acting like there's a justifiable motive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even to dignify the question with the specifics of his gripes is a terrible mistake. His motive was he thought people should die because he's unhappy. Period. The particulars are trivia. They're less than trivia. Let's not let these lunatics think that the world's going to hear how mad I am. No, we are not. We're not going to hear how mad you are. We don't care how mad you are. We don't care who you're mad at. We don't care what you're mad about. Nobody's ever going to know. 
spend the rest of life in jail or be happy being dead So you, since usually they die, but nobody's ever going to know what you were angry about. That would help a lot. I hate that I have to say this one more time, but clearly I do. Perhaps the ninnies at Fox and Fiends, the fellow ninnies at the Today Show, and every damn news show in America might hear this sometime. You've struck a bargain with bitter, angry little people, and you've told them, you give me enough dead bodies, I'll air your grievances for you. I'll tell the world. That is the unspoken deal you have made. I'll tell the world how unhappy you were that you couldn't get laid or your boss was mean to you or you didn't make the football team. I don't know what this guy's saying was or whatever you're mad about. You you kill enough people. We will tell the world what you were mad about. Oh, we will my. air your list of grievances. How satisfying is that to the homicidal hurt person who wants to lash out? Right. Right. Oh, dang it. Anyway. That's the, when, when you're angry, well, I'm talking about normal people. You're angry, you're hurt, whatever. You want to express that. You want people to sure. know how of mad course. you are and how hurt you are. Of course, that's it's why you... perfectly s- normal human emotion. That, just up to the point where you hurt others. That's what's happening when you sit down to the keyboard and, and dash off an email to your boss or your wife or your brother or your mom or whoever. You're wanting them to know what you're mad about. Well, these people do it with, with killings. And then we give them the satisfaction, or at least the... Uh, belief that they'll get the satisfaction of the recipient having heard how angry you were. We I didn't, I didn't mean them. to say hangry. That's kind of, you know, you're, that's, you're angry. Uh, yeah. that's, I, I hope you're not that hangry. I've been that angry. <sighs> Humans. Uh. Humans. We need transition music. We, I mean, this is, yeah. Would do that, I wouldn't. <laughs> I think I did that when I stepped on a nail once. <laughs> okay. That's good. That works. That works. I, I don't remember what we were talking right, about. Which please is, make it stop. That is the point of transition music. It clears out your head so you can hear one more thing. Um, we were just talking a little bit ago about there are half a million young people not working or looking for work. Half a million more than there were before the pandemic. And what happened to them? And I'm assuming they're being supported by the parents. I don't know what else would be. But um, uh, so on the topic of young people and working, I'm, uh, I am going to do this story about how much Elon Musk works just because I'd like my kids to hear it. It's kind of interesting. So he's at one of your summits with a whole bunch of people in, uh, in Indonesia. And he's uh, talking about how his workload is picked up. I mean, I have too much work on my plate. That's for sure. No doubt about it. When asked about business leaders who want to become the Elon Musk of the East, the world's richest man commented that his lifestyle is not necessarily one to be desired. I'd be careful what you wish for. I'm not sure how many people would actually like to be me. They'd like to be what they imagine being me, which is not the same thing as actually being me. The amount that I torture myself is next level, frankly. Four years years ago, Musk said during an interview that he has worked 120 hours per week. How many, what what is 120 divided by seven? I assume he works seven days a week. I doubt he takes a day off. Well, 12 hours a day times seven would be 84. That's extraordinary. Um, He finds working 80 hours per week pretty sustainable. According to a Harvard Business Review study, the average CEO works 62 and a half hours per week. I'd like to, I'm going to mention that to my kids. You realize, of course, that if you're going to work 
six days. That's uh, over 10 hours a day for six days to get to 62 and a half hours. That's what really successful people are doing. Uh, Back to Elon. There were times when some weeks, I haven't counted exactly, but I would just sort of sleep for a few hours work, sleep for a few hours work, seven days a week. Some of those weeks must have been 120 hours or something nutty. The pain, I found this interesting, the pain level for hours increases exponentially. It's nonlinear above 80. I don't think I've ever worked more than 80 hours a week. I had a crazy radio job where I uh, killed myself and worked 70 to 80 hours a week, and I was pretty much working constantly. But the fact that he says above 80, it becomes a nonlinear torture session. I, uh, I hope to never find out what that's like. Musk founded SpaceX. He also, of course, runs uh, Twitter now and Tesla and Neuralink and the Boring Project and all these different sort of things. And he's got 10 kids and uh, he's got new baby twins. And you know how much how much work that is for his employees. Yes, it is. Uh, You know, I think he was uh, it was an idiotic move to buy Twitter. I uh, am no Elon Musk in intelligence nor work ethic, frankly. Um, But I think that was just patently idiotic. Uh, 120 divided by 7 is 17, so you'd have to work 17 hours a day every day of the week. No, thank you. That would not be easy to do. Joe says it's an idiotic thing that he bought Twitter. Well, Elon well, explains... He had plenty on his plate, and this uh, Twitter's an enormous time suck for him. And for what? Uh, I'll tell you what he says. I don't know if he's going to be able to accomplish it. This is what he said at the forum. He released a statement explaining that the deal was motivated by a desire to foster an open dialogue and free expression. The reason I acquired Twitter is because it is important to the future of civilization to have a common digital town square where a wide range of beliefs can be debated in a healthy manner without resorting to violence. There is currently great danger that social media will splinter into far right wing and far left wing echo chambers that generate more hate and divide our society. You know, that's great. That's a very noble I appreciate noble him saying that, and that's a powerful thing to say, and I think there's a lot of truth to it. But he has got to be acquainted with more brilliant people than I know people. He can't find one of those fabulous rock stars to run Twitter for him because he's engaged in the day-to-day, mm. held a minute-to-minute. Now, that is clearly true. Of all the genius people you know or could hire... Why don't you have somebody doing that? Tell them, tell them that's your vision, and then say, go come up with a plan, come back to me on Friday. Why are mm. you tweeting all day long and coming up with uh, $8? A, I mean, why are you coming up with all this? Uh, and a gray check mark two hours later. Gray check mark didn't work. We're going to try this. Confer with your guy 20 minutes a day or, or, or two hours, whatever. But get, uh, delegate it. Well, that's like I, I told you when I was looking for cars, I looked at a car that belonged to a guy that was gonna was looking to leave Netflix to go to Twitter or to go to to um, uh, Tesla, I guess. And and he interviewed actually with Elon, and he was surprised by it. Elon was actually interviewing at this level. I mean, it wasn't like mm-hmm. you know the top six people. It was way down at the programmers who were making things user friendly. He, he needs that's, to delegate that's more. Odd. Yeah. yeah. Well, he said he tortures himself. He seems to be somewhat aware of that. When I was working a gazillion hours, the only time I ever did that level of working in my life um, at a radio station, I was a program director. It was because I wouldn't delegate. I, did, I just didn't feel like anybody could do it at the level that I wanted things to be done. And I killed myself doing that and, and realized the lesson that I haven't 
had to or probably never will employ. But that is you got to you got to find people that can do things at least close enough to the level you want and have them do it. It's the only way to survive. Yeah, we've we've both known people who didn't delegate and there's a certain egotism to it. Sure. Well, yeah. First of all, you're going with the nobody can do it as good as me, which is ridiculous. Um, but I think that's what Elon does. He he just must not believe there is that person out there that you were just talking about that could run Twitter. Or he's just so childlike in his enthusiasms, he wants to dig into the sandbox and, and make it happen himself. But enough psychoanalyzing the richest man on earth. I hope he'll work out his problems and find true happiness. Perhaps with that weird singer gal he was with for a while. Maybe they'll get back together again. <laughs> Grimes, which is the worst one-word name for a hot chick ever. Oh, yeah. Grimes. Sounds, sounds like grimy. I just, I don't know. That was probably intentional. It's that whole fake, dirty hair look. <laughs> Spending zillions of dollars to look shabby feel, you know? <laughs> What's next? My uh, my life has been the opposite. When I look shabby, it was because I was shabby. <laughs> yeah. True. Authentic shabbiness. Uh, what's next? Uh, the guy, uh, did you hear the guy who that uh, the terminal movie was about, who lived in the airplane terminal for years and years, he died? There's a hell of a lot more to his story really? than I thought. I've always wanted to know more about that. Yeah, you know, I've always thought, oh, that's weird, some immigration problem. Why didn't he get a hotel? Oh, well, I don't care. And I would always <laughs> move on. <laughs> But as it turns out, there's something to it. Okay, that and other stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Dave Chappelle hosted Saturday Night Live, the comedian, and I thought his monologue was a combination of brilliant and interesting, and we're going to give you a big helping of that to kick off hour four of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty Show. If for some reason you can't catch that, catch the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. If we were a sports talk show, we'd talk all day about the Worst, stupidest ejection of an NFL player I've ever seen last night. 49ers-Chargers game. It was just utterly idiotic and arbitrary. And just, it's fine because it's only sports. But you watch and you think, all right, this could fundamentally change the outcome of the game. And it's just a coin flip. These people have no idea what they're doing. And so, uh, I don't know. Anyway. So, uh, you remember the 2004 movie The Terminal starring America's leading man, Tom Hanks? about a guy who gets stranded in an airport because of an immigration issue and he ends up sleeping there night after night and it turns out to be year after year. How did Yeah, I never watched the movie or looked into it. How where did he sleep? Like I don't I never saw the movie, I don't know. Um but I'll tell you the story of the guy do. who inspired it. Have you ever been in an airport overnight? I guys, I was in LAX over overnight one time. You'd think, well, it's one of the biggest airports in the world, dude. No, they turn everything off and there ain't nothing around. There's no place to go or nothing to eat or uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it was inspired the movie by this seventy-seven-year-old uh, Iranian refugee, Meren Karimi Nasseri. He died around noon of a heart attack at the Paris airport. Said the Paris airport authority, he was an iconic, charismatic character. There was a lot of emotion at the airport in the wake of his passing. He was beloved by airport staff who mourned, mourned his passing this weekend. Uh, Nasseri's decades-long immigration struggles uh, struggles were far more complicated than in the movie. Over the years, he provided some conflicting details of his life, but ultimately there was no Hollywood ending. He was either exiled or fled political turmoil in Iran after the revolution, settled in Belgium for many years, reportedly bent on finding his British mother and tried to travel elsewhere in Europe. Listen to this now. Only to be repeatedly expelled from several countries for lacking the required immigration documents. Wait, what? What? So he's got no right to be there and no documents, and so they just sent him away? No, you let him in with a note that says, show up for a hearing in three years if you want. 
Anyway, in 1988, French, French authorities stopped him at the Paris airport as he tried to pass through without identity papers, which he claimed were stolen. They held him for several days in limbo in a transit zone, then released him into one of the terminals. He soon set up a makeshift home of his own in the airport and lived for many years in Terminal 1. I think he, he ended up like occupying a small meeting room or something like that. In 1999, France offered him a residency permit, but he continued to live inside the airport until 2006. After leaving the airport, he appeared to struggle to adapt to outside life. Said an airport spokesperson, the reality is he had psychological problems. He was a homeless person who was taken care of by the airport community and doctors. That's funny. That's what it was sounding like to me, and I was going to say. Well, yes, you're very perceptive. Congratulations. That was indeed the problem. He just didn't quite have it together. And after he'd been there for a while, the whole airport community thought, well, we can't turn this guy out in the streets to die. Let him stay in that little room. Hey, speaking of the airport, I just saw a headline up there. TSA to conduct more training after a man got on a plane with box cutters. So they confiscated your toothpaste. What made that guy get on with box cutters? Reminds me, having flown over the weekend, I got yelled at twice. Um... One guy at the whole thing where you're supposed to, you're in line in security and then you step forward or you give me your driver's license or whatever. One guy just clearly should get a different job, doesn't like the public. Um, wow. <laughs> which happens. I wouldn't like doing it either. Next, next, let's move it. Next, next. And then somebody said, it wasn't me, actually. A guy, somebody said, me next? He said, I'm not saying this for my health. You know, oh, and I, I actually, boy, I would actually, I actually would like to have said to me, you know, the other four people up here, they just say, "Yeah, you're next. How you doing?" And get the accomplish the same thing. Bitterman. Yeah, and then lady saying, "Well, I took off my watch. You don't have to take off your watch." And I wanted to say to her, "Yeah, just last time I flew, they yelled at me for not taking off my watch. So y'all aren't real consistent on this. So don't act like I'm an idiot for not. All right." Well, now that they're letting people on with box cutters, can I have my two cheap corkscrews back, please? What am I going to do with that? Take out somebody's eye? (laughs) Oh, that'd be gruesome. Armstrong and Getty. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.